Yo, what's up, everybody? Um, so James and I had a pretty good conversation today. We talked about um, different types of violence and, and whether you're not whether or not you are ready to handle uh, these types of violence. Um, we didn't discuss politics or coronavirus or any of that shit for once. Um, but that being said, I have an amazing little clip from a gentleman named Alex Jones. Some of you may know of him. Most of you probably do. But for those of you that don't, uh, enjoy. Then we'll get into this week's conversation. This is the end of the country, folks. And I don't say that to be exaggerating or be mean about it. You better mark the point we got taken over, and then they're going to start the mass re-education starving everybody out, making you salute them, making you prove to them you're a good little minion to have a job. This is going to be so humiliating for the American people. This is going to make Sherman's reconstruction of the South look like a cakewalk, a tea party, an exercise in enjoyment. I mean, if we ever beat this thing, it'll be in the history of, of like these people were Hitler. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's not like, oh, we're getting there. It's bad. Things are out of control. It's it's they've just begun. They're going to take your pension funds. They're going to bankrupt. They're going to cut the power off the oil off. They're going to open the borders. It's over, man. It's over. It's all gone. It's all over. They're going to activate the boogaloos, FBI, ADL, terror forces. They're going to start blowing everything up. Then they're going to come arrest all the patriots. The idiots will cheer it. Then they're going to shut your power off. They want you starving in the street. They want to rape your wife. They're Bolsheviks. They're Jacobins. You're, it's all over, man. All over. Enjoy all your games. In fact, America is rotting and deserves it. Now, the Satanists aren't good. They're not God. God just lets them have their way now. So all your games are over. All the TV watching, all the laziness, all the slack jawing's over. It's over. You're going to be just like a baby at six months being chopped up in its mother's womb. You're not a human. You're not essential. You're dead. They're going to kill you because you don't care. This is the end of the country, folks. And I don't say. And here we are. Boom, we're here. Hi. Fucking flying high on Lucy. Nicotine. Nicotine gum. You probably don't feel it quite yet, do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, that could be the cannabis you may have just ingested also. It feels different. <laughs> I'm a connoisseur You're of my feelings. You're things. You have caffeine, nicotine, and Kratom, some... Kratom. <laughs> In today's podcast, we're going to talk about health. <laughs> we talk about synergy of drugs. <laughs> if one is good, what do they say? Two is one and one is none, so... That's right. You know... <laughs> more is always better exactly always. I'm prepared in case one fails <laughs> it's part of my fucking tactical drug uh, taking nice so anyways now that my kid's in the room here uh, with his Pokemon update what's up Z I was from the start oh I know I saw you so who do we got today a Snorlax Snorlax my favorite mm-hmm. Snorlax is looks like a big Fat sleeping cat. Would that be a good description? I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a basic. It has 130 hit points. It's a colorless type. It's on level 20. It's a sleeping Pokemon. Its ability is immunity, uh, and uh, uh, its attack is body slam, which does 50 damage. And the thing on the bottom says, it is not a... Satisfied unless it eats over 880 pounds of food every day. When it is done eating, it goes promptly to sleep. Hmm. I think it's a rare. Sounds like an average American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, uh, its weakness is fighting type, which does uh, two. Twenty more damage, and its resistance is nothing. It has no resistance. Mm-mm. It's a pretty sweet picture with the sparkly yep. stuff. I like that. So, well, right on, man. Any other yep. 
news, school, or jujitsu news? Uh, I got a wooden training knife. You did. That's right. We got you. A, it's a pretty sweet little knife. That is pretty. It's really cool. Yeah. It was. Uh, it's a little wooden one. Is it? Is it CRKT or? Yeah, you, sounds right. I think yeah, that's the word. I don't know if you pronounce. I, I want to call them the cricket knives. I'm, I'm speculating that's not what they say or do. No, but, but it's, yeah, so anyways, but they got a little uh, uh, kid's um, trainer knife, and it's a wooden kit, and you got to put it together, and dude, it's a full-on little folder. It works a, pretty good. Yeah, it snaps locking, right in place. Yeah, and it's a locking, folding knife. Just like my knife. Blade. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty sweet. So it's pretty, uh, I mean, it was simple to put together, and it's pretty ingenious. Uh, what you can do with some pieces of wood. So. Also, I found a video of Shiloh's first birthday. That's right. We got to watch Shiloh's first fun time video last night. The girls were out, and so we were looking for something to do. I actually, we're going to watch it while you guys were recording. Okay. I think. Yeah. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty fun slash interesting to watch. I mean, I was... Well, she's going to be 16. 16 years uh, ago? It was 15, because it was her first birthday party. So, so that was 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 years ago. That was a long... But before Mom even want, knew was that she was going to be pregnant again. Way before. Yep. Way before. <laughs> she, 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 yeah, yeah, she was like seven or eight when she, when she was pregnant with me. Tita mm -hmm. was. Well, bye. Cool, thanks, dude. Yeah, man. Have fun. Thanks I for will. the update. Have fun watching the movie again. Peace. See ya. See ya. See ya, peace. I say peace. Sweet. There you Are go. They still, they still in school full time oh, yeah. every day and yeah. whatnot? Yeah. Sh or Shiloh is also? I mean, she, I know she I mean, does. She, she does be. part. Oh, she does part time. Yeah, but they're back in school. That's good. I didn't know. I didn't. I don't pay. In-person learning. I don't pay so, attention to anything going on. Well, you know that, that goes. Now that Biden's in office, the fucking it's not that big a deal anymore. So Newsom's lifted his stay-at-home order, and mm -hmm. people are, was it the Chicago public school wants kids go back to in-school learning now? It's funny how all that works. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, it is kind of funny, but. Anyways, that's why I suggested a topic for today. I know, to and keep, I, to keep I have us, a topic too. Oh, do you? I do. It's a good one. Yeah, to, to keep like us topic. to keep us focused. Yes, from ranting on all the fucking nonsense that's going on. It's yeah. So, dude, I, 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 I won't take us down this path. But I do gotta, <laughs> I'm going to take a step. We're not going to go down. We'll it. take a little step down oh, this path. Okay, dude. It was. I mean, it was very. It was comical. So I was listening to like a, a Fox News thing. And they were just, you know, railing on about how all the other side media, like, you know, CNN and NBC are just these merchants of... I believe the exact words were they were merchants of misinformation. I like that. It's a good term. It's catchy. Catchy. But then I found a clip of the other side, like CNN, claiming that, like, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Fox News... They use the exact same terms. So you, they called them merchants of mis misinformation. And so you just have both sides just completely like, this is what's really happening. And these assholes are <laughs> creating fucking liars. And then the other, they're doing the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It is completely insane. Yeah. That these two huge networks <laughs> are acting like this. Dude, yeah. It's, the hypocrisy it is. is at an all-time high. All-time like, high. The, the, they just—it's like no, we're not going to try and hide it anymore. No. So it's almost like a race to see who, who can be. It the almost biggest seems hypocrites. that way. It, it almost it, seems it, that it way. It really does. Yeah, yeah. Because the things that are happening, you're like in bizarro world. There's just shit you see and watch and hear. You're like, what is fucking happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, what is fucking so we'll, happening? We'll chew our nicotine gum. We will. And drink, drink some coffee. coffee, and we'll talk about violence. So. I wanted to. I uh, I'm reading a book called When Violence Is the Answer. Have you come I've, across that? I've, book? I've heard it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's uh it's it's better than I thought. But I heard the guy who wrote it interviewed on the American Warrior show, the American Warrior podcast, whatever. And uh, it, it sounded really interesting. His takes. So I was like, man, I want to read this book. And in it, he talks about this concept that really kind of like shines some light on some things for me. And so. 
He said like violence comes in two forms. You've got social violence and you've got asocial violence. And social violence is when it's just it's it's about your your place in the in the hierarchy, right? So like when two guys are fighting at a bar, then you know, neither one's really trying to kill each other. That's not the point, right? Like somebody bumped into somebody and somebody postured up and I can't back down and so now we're gonna fight. And so it's more about like the social order. You're trying to like control your place in it on some Like dogs. Pack, like, like dogs. Like pack order. Yeah. Right. And then you have asocial violence, which is trying to destroy the social order. They don't give a fuck about the social order. So this is the guy who like, you know, will just turn around, pull out a knife, fucking stab you in the ribs and walk off. Like he don't, he, it's to him, it's not about the social thing. Like he don't give a fuck about it. Like this is, you know, almost about destroying the social order on some level. And so, you know, that's the kind of random violence that are not really even random, but that's like, uh, you know, like sociopaths, you know, have this, um, mentality. And so that's why there, you know, there's a difference there and people get in trouble because they're used to social violence. And so they get in a situation where it's asocial and they don't recognize, no, this person is going to fucking really hurt you or kill you. Like this person's not thinking They're playing two different games. Yeah, they're playing two different games. This is the guy who's going to pull out a knife or a gun, not someone who's just going to stand there and, you know, fucking throw some punches. Slug it out and shake hands. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a totally different game. And so people get into trouble for that because we live in a world where, one, we're told violence isn't necessary. And two, when we do witness violence, like most of the time and and we participate in it, it's social violence. And so when we get exposed to the asocial violence, like it's such a fucking shock, you know, people, you know, and and you hear about this, like people just not even offering any resistance to their attackers as they're being fucking killed or whatever. And so it, it, I don't know, I mean, you got any, like... I have some other thoughts on it, but I, do you have any kind of thoughts on that general, like that it, idea? It's really interesting way to think about it. I've never, you know, put it in that context, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah, because you know, fundamentally, mm-hmm. there's a different kind of fight well, you might get into. There's definitely, and yeah, and if you misread that situation, like we carry a gun because we are afraid of running into an asocial it, situation. Exactly. If we run into a social social situation, like we're going to try to de-escalate. You know, we've got all these other tools in our toolbox that we talk about. But if you run across a situation where it's like, no, it's kill or fucking be killed. Like that's, you have to react and act that way. Uh, Yeah. And And you have to, yeah, it is really interesting. I'd have to think about it more to really respond intelligently to it. But yeah, it's interesting because there's a lot of like context clues and situational awareness to where if you're not familiar with violence on any level... You're not going to be able to pick up on those things. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, if you're not comfortable putting hands on somebody or getting strangled by your friends, or you know, any violence to you could be asocial. You yeah. know, if you didn't grow up like that. A lot of us guys did, yeah. you know, especially our generation. Like, dude, how many times we fight as kids, yeah. just playing hockey or about, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was really rare to like be playing like a street hockey game or football game in the backyard for a fight and not to break out you know yeah. in our neighborhood like it was just a thing and it was not like a you weren't trying to really kill the kid but yeah you're going home with black eyes and stuff and, and so you but yeah and there's a difference and you know and when you're part of the other one to where it like escalates and you weren't ready for it or yeah. you misread it like oh shit yeah. it's like it's time to get out of here like this is this is going south in a hurry. Yeah, or you need to respond accordingly. Accordingly. So you, so you're the one who walks. Yeah, away. you're inflicting the fucking violence instead yeah. of so being. So you're the recipient. asocial guy. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's not a good guy, bad guy thing. It's like the way he points puts it is like violence is not good or bad. It's a tool. It's just a tool that you can use. And so if someone's going to use violence as a tool against you, it's like fucking the gi man if someone's gonna use my gi against me i'm gonna use their gi against them you know what i mean like me trying to play this game where i'm not gonna use their gi because i believe in no gi jujitsu and they're gonna be grabbing mine all day long is fucking retarded like i'm at a disadvantage right so it's uh yeah but it got me really like thinking some things clicked into place like you know because we've talked a few times about like uh like i think you definitely gotten way more fights than i did and they were like you're saying they were social fights and so, like, you know, that on some level, you know, your 
you're com- you're more comfortable with the idea of fighting because you know that's been your experience with it. And I'm super uncomfortable with the idea of fighting because I'm always like I I realize now like I've you know that's how I always think like I'm like dude if if you're not willing to fucking kill someone over this then all this other shit is just blah blah bullshit nonsense and that and that's what it was it's was like that's social man that's fucking like I don't want that because it could escalate it could turn into asocial and and like I I feel like instinctively like i don't want to be the person behind the curve do you want to be the one finding out that oh no this is an asocial fight not a social fight Mm -hmm. after after no yeah by then it's too late exactly and so like you almost have to be willing if you're gonna fucking fight to i have to act like you know this may be an asocial situation here and i need to respond fucking super violently and hurt this person like i'm not here to like win a fucking fight by point like if i actually get pushed to that point you know, and this is why, like, I don't want to fight. Like, fighting kind of terrifies me on some level, mainly because, of, like, of what I would do because I'd be so fucking scared. And again, you know, that's not necessarily the right response. That's part of the reason I want to do jujitsu because jujitsu is kind of help round that out. Like, I am way more comfortable now with the idea of violence and getting into a, a fight with someone and not automatically escalating it, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not scared. Like I, I can handle myself in a social violence situation. I feel mm-hmm. at this point, but it's that asocial violence that scares the fuck out of me. And, you know, it was always like in the back of my head, like, you know, what the, you know, uh, and so it was just, it was, it was interesting to get like, uh, some light on both of those. Like, okay, this is why I feel this way. And like, why, why this has changed, why jujitsu has been such a good thing for me. Because, you know, this is also why like people will over, react to situations man they pull out a gun and shoot someone when they didn't need to and it's because they don't they don't they don't have the tools to handle violence in a social situation and so they're automatically like because they're scared they go right to that this may be an asocial situation i'm going to kill that guy Mm -hmm. and maybe you don't need to and that's where like having the tools in your toolbox come in but just like you need the tools in your toolbox to handle the social violence man you need the tools in your toolbox to handle the asocial violence too Mm -hmm. And you're fooling yourself if you think that they're the same thing. And so it's kind of like, like jujitsu is the perfect tool for social violence. Yeah, like, I would agree. Yeah. Because you can dish out the appropriate uh, violence yeah. to control the situation. Yep, exactly. They're not going to pull out a, a, a weapon. You know, we're not going to get you can some keep fucking... it in the, You can keep it in the social realm. Yep, exactly. If we're dealing with a social violence situation, jujitsu is like one of the best things you can do. You, you need to round it out with some other stuff, some, you know, uh, standing strikes, being able to control distance and stuff like that. Like, but that's at its core, like jujitsu, like once you get to like blue belt or purple belt, like, you know, you are, you're at a place where you can probably handle the vast majority of social violence situations mm-hmm. if they come your way. Yep. And you also are to the point where you can just walk away from more. Like you're going to encounter them less because you're, you recognize things, your ego is not there, so you can de-escalate. Like there's all these other tools that you get with it as well. But I don't believe that jujitsu really covers the asocial violence side as well. And and hear me out with this. Like there's there's a difference between the violence that you're going to encounter. At least there was, right? I, I, things may have changed, but in you know in Rio, that's the thing. Like they're getting into fights on the beach. Mm-hmm. No one's trying to kill each other. The whole thing was a posturing just thing. A machismo. Big just... machismo thing. It's social violence. Yep. That was what jujitsu was really, that, that's why it shines in that situation because that's where it was really, the crucible that it was forged in was a social violence situation. Yep. And so, you know, and, and I do believe that there's probably parts to it that uh, covered some of those asocial, like somebody does pull a knife or things like that, like, I'm sure the old school guys will be like, like, "Ah, you know, we fucking had that shit. You know, this is where sports jujitsu is ruining it. We're losing the self-defense side because any of these things are are gone now. Um, But then you look at like something like Krav Maga. And Krav Maga is almost like the opposite end of the spectrum in in martial arts, right? Like jujitsu is the gentle art. And Krav Maga is like inflict serious injury in the most violent way possible as quickly as possible on your opponent and then get the fuck out of there. 
Like it's, I mean, would you agree? It's probably yeah. From what I know, I don't really know shit about Krav Maga. I mean, I I have a periphery understanding of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I said, I did that one like weekend thing that was like Krav Maga and kettlebell. So I mean, I, I got a pretty decent exposure to the mindset and, and what their uh, what their thought process is, right? And so jujitsu is all about, like I said, it's a gentle art. It's controlling, right? It's controlling your opponent. And Krav Maga is about fucking destroying your opponent. Like, you don't, there are no blocks in Krav Maga, only <laughs> counter strikes. You know what I mean? Like, this is the mindset. It is, I'm going fucking through you. Like, if you throw a punch at me, I don't, I'm not blocking that thing. I'm fucking breaking your fucking forearm on my way to blasting you. You know what I mean? Like, it's a totally different mindset. But where did it, what was the crucible that forged it? Right. Like, that situation over in, in you know, Israel. That's an asocial situation. They like, don't have social violence over there. I mean, yeah, I mean the, the stuff do. that they're facing. If you have a fucking someone, fa- you know, trying to kill you, that's uh, for the most part, it's people trying to topple the social hierarchy there because right. they want to just, you know, they don't like Israel, they don't like Jews, or they feel like they, you know, what I mean. There's a lot of reasons, and I'm not taking you know sides on this, right? Like in, like anything else, there's fucking uh, right and wrong on both sides, right? But the point is, is when you look at that situation, that's not getting into a fight on the beach in Rio. Mm -hmm. It's totally different mindset and situation. So you have these two martial arts that were basically created to handle two different types of violence. You don't want to bring Krav Maga to a social violence situation. You're going to look like an asshole. But if you bring jujitsu to an asocial situation, you can get yourself in trouble. You can get yourself in trouble. You know, it's funny. I was actually, it's really odd that you're talking about this for a couple of reasons. One, um, I don't know how I got in this rabbit hole the other day, uh, last week or something, I was watching some uh, videos of this high-level Japanese jiu-jitsu guy. Mm-hmm. That is some slick shit. Yeah, it kind of bridges the two worlds. You know, cause mm-hmm. they, well, yeah, jiu-jitsu they, was originally the hand-to-hand right. combat they, of, the, of the samurai. In the old school, like, Japanese jiu-jitsu. Yes. You know, yes. they do a lot of, like, joint locks and Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff we're familiar with. Yep. But oh, yeah. there's a lot more, like, self-defense type stuff. Incapacitating your yeah, opponent. And I was watching this really high-level guy do it, and it, it was fucking badass. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. You know, it kind of, like, piqued my interest a little bit. Like, man, this would be really interesting for that reason. Yeah. You know, to practice some of that stuff. For those asocial situations. Yeah. Just to familiarize yourself with it. But yeah, because this one guy I was watching, he looks like a guy about our size, you know, even age, and just some fairly athletic, middle-aged white dude just fucking shit up. I mean, they were, you know, they were drilling. Right. It wasn't an all fight, but still it was... There, You know, there's... there's a fine line between McDojo shit and legitimate training. Right. And, And I think that the problem is a lot of the asocial violence stuff has fallen into the McDojo yep. realm. And so it's really... Because I talked about it to you, and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm wanting to get in the edge of weapons. I'm wanting to get in knives. And I'm almost kind of ashamed to say it to people because... It, get, it gets that stink on kooky, so dude, fast. Kooky, so, such you, turn, you can get into such ridiculous waters so quick. Yes. Yeah, if you're, if you're like, man, I want to learn how to you know knife fight or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's right. like, you know... Yeah, like I said, I, I, I do. I feel a little dirty saying it, and I'm whispering it to certain people... Because it is, it's, but but that is a social violence. If somebody pulls a fucking knife on you, that's not social R- violence. Rules of change. Rules of change. And if you don't know how to handle that situation, then you're behind the curve and you are in trouble. And so, you know, if you think that jujitsu by itself is going to save you in that situation, you're deluding yourself. And this, I was listening to uh, an interview with, um, God, what's his name? He's the, the owner of Clinch MMA, a gym near Tulsa. Anyway, Mike Sieglander, the you know one of the hosts of the American Warrior Show, he trains with this guy. This is his coach. He's a high-level black belt under John Jock Machado, and man, he had some really good insights. And he was, you know, he even said like jujitsu's almost done too good of a job of marketing itself. People almost have a false sense of what it can do. Mm-hmm. I, I I can see that. Yeah, I, I I can totally see that, and and I I've fallen victim to it myself. You know, like. You do need to learn how to do some stand-up. You do need to learn how to, like, handle these, you know, other situations other than just what you practice in jiu-jitsu. But, like, jiu-jitsu gives you such a great foundation to go and do these other things. And, and it is, like, you know, that cornerstone for everything. But it's done such a good job of selling itself as the 
best self-defense martial art that it can lead people to believe that it's the only self-defense martial art that you need. And I don't believe that that is That's not an accurate statement. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's... I, I do believe it's the best base of the pyramid. It's the best foundation. Yeah. My, you know, because I grew up in Tang Sudo. Then I did Hapkido. Got my black belt in Hapkido. You know, so I've seen it and I've done these other martial arts. Like, the way Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is trained, it is, I'll argue with it, it is the, the best foundation. Yeah. But you have to understand its limitations. Yep. You, you have to respect that. Yeah. If you don't respect that, you could get yourself in yeah. trouble. And that's the thing. And, that, and, that, and having this different way to explain violence kind of helps clarify my mind. Because I've always felt like, what? how do I articulate it, right? Like, there is a difference between what Jiu-Jitsu can do for me and what it can't. And like, how do you know, what is that? And, and how do you talk about it? And like that, I think that's what it is, right? It's like, yeah, this is the foundation for your ability to handle social violent situations, which is going to be the vast majority of situations that you're going to encounter. Like I said, even if it's just like, and you, and if you have a really good skill set, um, you could even take a situation that's going a social, that dipshit may have right. social intentions. Yep. But if you're that much superior, you know, of a martial artist, you can keep it in the social realm. Yeah. Like, hey, let's simmer down here, buddy. Yeah. You know, it, um, you're definitely way better off. Way like, better I just, off. Man. I just, I feel like, you know, it, it, there is the potential for people to get themselves into trouble by being really confident with their ability to handle violence in the social realm. And not realizing like, oh, this is an asocial violence situation. And they go into it because they're fucking really good at jujitsu. And then a guy pulls a knife. And it's like... Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. This is a fucking tragedy now, right? Like, and so what, you know, how... So anyways, but yeah, that's where being aware of it. Like, dude, we just had a... I think our last podcast, we went into depth. Like, how my view has changed on that situation where that guy went and tackled that guy that was robbing their car. Right. Completely changed. Like six months ago, I would have had a completely different view. But getting into the the self defense thing, and basically, like I said, I feel like what it is is that we are we're really starting to look at rounding out our tools for handling the asocial violence, and it really opens your eyes to the fact, like, holy fuck, this shit is out there. And I don't know if that dude, you know, where he's at on this spectrum here, and and so I don't need to be engaging because this could easily turn into an asocial situation. This guy could turn, pull a fucking knife out, pull a gun out. I know because. I got a knife. I, I, I got, got a gun. Knife. Exactly. And and but if you don't live in that world, man, if you don't really, you know, yeah, if you don't live in it, then you're not going to recognize it. And you're going to look at that situation different. Like you're going to go try to tackle that guy because fucking guy's trying to rob my car. And it's like, let that fucker run. Like you don't know, you don't have no idea what is going to happen if you try to tackle that guy. Mm-hmm. No matter how good your jujitsu is, like yeah, you'll probably be able to handle it. But if you can't then it's a tragedy and like why even why yeah why cause the tragedy if you just let it go why create a situation that could go that way if you could just walk away from it and let it go and it it expands what i'm willing to walk away from to a much larger degree than it necessarily was when i didn't really have this broader view of violence and understanding like oh there's a whole other side that i need to be aware of so it's like yeah i'm gonna walk away from a whole lot more situations than uh, I necessarily would have before. So, but, yeah. And, you know, and, uh, so I said, it's interesting that you went down this rabbit hole for a couple of reasons. Like I said, I mentioned that I started watching those Japanese Jiu-Jitsu videos last week or something. Two, I started reading this uh, book called The Demon Sermon on Martial Arts. Oh, I've, I've read it. I've read it. Good. Yes, it I'm only like the third or fourth parable in. Uh, you know, for people listening, mm-hmm. it's a book written by um, a samurai from the 18th century. He goes by a pen name, and uh, it's escaping me right now. It's a tough Japanese name to say. Uh, but uh, it's along the lines of uh, the Book of Five Rings. You know, kind of if you want to put it in a category. Yeah. Um, it's telling stories. Yeah. It's, He's it's, using stories to... It's, it's parables. It's parable. like Aesop's fables. Yeah. For martial for arts. For martial arts. For martial arts. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. But I, I needed that because I've been reading um, Paul Saladino's book that... Uh, carnivore code or something you mm-hmm. know i'm you know going balls deep on this carnivore diet and that guy is such a nerd 
and it's just so deep on the science of it. Like, dude, I don't need <laughs> like this is too much, man. All these yeah. you know molecular structures and blah blah blah. Like, dude, okay, all right, we're taking this too far. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I'm still slogging my way through it, but it's not super. It's not super interesting because I don't yeah. care about the science that much of it. Yeah, you know, and uh, so I was like, okay, I'm. I don't even know if I'll finish it. <laughs> like, right. Because the way his book is set up, you, if you go to like chapters 12, 13, and 14 at the end of the book, that explains the diet itself mm-hmm. and what's, you know, what he considers good and bad, blah, blah. But then if you go back and read chapters 1 through 11, that's all the biology of it. And that's where I'm at now. I'm like, so I've been doing that. I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. somehow I came across the Demon Sermon of Martial Arts. I was like, ooh. Yeah. I don't even know how I came across it or why, <laughs> but it just showed up at my house. I think it just showed up yesterday. Oh, sweet! But I, yeah, I, I was I, really interesting. I, I was re- I had to finish my workout last night. So in my garage, in between sets, I was you know reading reading some of the parables on it. But yeah, read a little bit before I went to bed. But that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, it's been several years since I've read that one. But there's uh, and there's a few. There's that one. There's the the life giving sword. It was uh. It was written by Takuan. Taiyo, the, the priest that was yeah. uh, buddies with Miyamoto Musashi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, Takuan uh, or whatever. And, yeah, they have a pickle named after him. I've had yeah. a Takuan pickle. <laughs> and, uh, and then, um, dude, what was the other one? The, the Hagakure is uh, like the samurai handbook. I believe that's the one that Ghost Dog was quoting from <laughs> remember that movie i do and he would hit those quotes unfortunately i do remember that movie what do you mean dude that was a fucking classic man. i don't know if i'd put that in the classic no that's though. a classic i would argue with you all day long on that one yeah dude, that one was fucking badass but he would have those random like samurai quotes i think that's why i liked it because it was i mean honestly as a kid that's the first time i ever got exposed i, I never even knew they had shit like that you know like pre-internet they don't have this at the fucking library they're not covering this in school and he's like reading from the samurai handbook these different quotes that are pretty fucking sweet man mm-hmm. and uh so yeah but i think that's the the one there yeah that's the one where talked about like if a warrior set his spirit like even after he's had his you know received a death blow or had his head cut off or whatever he could still execute one more maneuver to take down his enemy or whatever <laughs> like dude that is fucking but that's that asocial violence shit man mm-hmm. if you're engaging in that with somebody and they kill you what's to stop them from killing someone else right like you know <laughs> setting your mind to where it's like yeah they may kill me but like i'm going to fucking kill them like they're not going to walk away from this either it's either me or none of us uh it, you know it has to be the mindset uh if you're gonna play with three foot long razor blades yep. with each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a crazy world to think about. Yeah, that's right. When I'm reading this, you know, yeah, yeah I, I, put, I put myself, try to put myself try back. Try to, yeah. I try to put myself back, you know, in the 18th century and, you know, feudal Japan and I'm just like, there's part of me and like, damn, there's a lot of aspects that would have been pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. There's a lot of that would have really sucked. Yeah, <laughs> but the the culture that that breeds is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, you know it's 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 a special thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of good that has come from it. Um, yeah, it's 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 a cool thing to think about. I can just sit there and daydream about it for days. You know, yeah. for hours. I really can just because you, it shapes the way the culture is and the way people behave, and. There's definitely some elements that we could really use at this day and age. Yeah. There really is. Shit is just too easy nowadays. People people don't have struggles in their life, so they create problems. And that's where a lot of this nonsense we're dealing with in this day and age is that you know, people just don't have shit that's difficult enough. So they we need problems to solve as humans. We've you know talked about it before. So people create these ridiculous fucking problems. Right? Yeah. Like, dude, this isn't a problem. Why are you dealing with this? You know, and if you had to worry about you know, getting into a sword fight with somebody, it's going to change your perspective on things. Yeah, if you live in a world where you could die. Yep. I mean, you know, like the Wild West, man. It's like, everybody was armed. You could get fucking killed. And, I mean, really, who's going to fucking know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it changes how you deal. I mean, that's where they're saying, like, an armed society is a polite society. 
uh, came from because you don't know if that dude, again, you know, gunfights, I would argue, are probably a social, like, I know on some level, like, you could, back then, there was probably a social hierarchy element as well. Like, that there dueling, for sure was. Yeah, you, dueling and stuff like yeah. that. So, like, gunfights have been used for that. But, man, on, on some level, it's like, no, I'm trying to kill you. Like, we're not just going to try and settle this fight. But there, it, it's weird. It's kind of that gray area in between because they're, they still are agreeing to a certain yeah for the most part you know for the rules yeah okay we're gonna meet at high noon (laughs) we're gonna stand you know 20 feet from each other draw whatever we're agreeing we're not you don't do like the okay corral man like when they showed up there to fucking shoot up the whatever gang like that was again it was like a social element but it was like no we're not trying to take you in we're not batman right we're trying to fucking kill you right like that's the so it's uh or, you know, like it could quickly escalate, you know, like it's a very fine razor's edge, man, that it can go where, and so, but if you live in a society where that's your reality, like you're right, you, you look at everything differently. You look at how you interact with people. It's the exact polar opposite of what we have today, where you can sit on a fucking keyboard completely anonymously and say whatever the fuck you want and get away with it versus like having to interact with someone face to face and both of you have a fucking gun like on your hip and so it's like okay the way that you uh are gonna deal with people is gonna be different i hate to say it but that threat for violence keeps people in check to a certain extent well we grew up with it man you know i would that's where i was going with this like it dude there was several occasions you know when i was a kid you know even, even at the high school age to where I'd get into a disagreement with a guy at school. Neither one of us wanted to get kicked out of school, but we really wanted to beat the fuck out of each other. We'd get, hey, I'll be in the park today after school. If you're fucking not a puss, you're going to be there. We're going to settle this. Yeah. And then we'd show, you know, me and my friends would show up, him and his friends would show up, and it would be a, a square fight. No one would jump in. We, we'd scrap. You know, someone, some, you end up getting fucked up sometimes. Sometimes you win. But that was, dude, it was such a core, cultural norm. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times you try to keep it quiet around school because if not, if the word got around, then you'd have fucking 200 kids showing up. And then and then when you get that many kids congregating in one spot, the cops show up and it, it goes south. So you try to keep it quiet. But uh, sometimes you were good at keeping it quiet and it would just be you and, you and your buddies and him and his buddies and you sort it out. And dude, there, there was several guys I fought like that in high school that afterwards we'd shake hands. Maybe not that day. Yeah. Maybe the next day at school, we both show up, you know, there's a couple shiners here or there, or even a week or two later, we'd end up at the same party together. And hey, we both had it out. Like, hey, you gave it your best, I gave it my best. Like, it's done deal. We're not coming back with a bat or knife, you know, trying to stab or kill right, each other. Right, exactly. And it was just, a, it was a cultural pecking order thing. Yeah. And that's been lost, man. That is, and that's a shame. I hate yeah. to say it, but I really do believe that's a shame. Like, I don't want kids out there getting fucked up, but there's. If they don't understand how to handle social violence, they, they are too quick. People that don't aren't... That's what I sound like. I, if you're not comfortable with handling social violence, you're going to be too quick to jump to asocial violence. Yeah. It's just... It's how it works. And, and you're going to have to deal with violence in your life. That's uh, why hockey's such a good sport. Like, yeah. You know, it has the sanctioned social violence in it. Yeah. They just let them scrap. That's what... You know, uh, if you think about like uh, MMA is sanctioned social violence. And that's why people almost get pissed off. Remember when... Uh, uh, dude, what was it? Ronda Rousey against, uh, was it Misha Tate? And she refused to shake her hand afterwards. Yep. People got pissed. Yep. Because our expectation of the fucking social violence cycle, the, how it works, is like, yeah, you guys are going to fucking talk a lot of shit. You're going to hate each other. You're going to duke it out to settle who's fucking who, right, who's right and wrong in the pecking order. And then afterwards, it's done. It's done. Shake hands. Shake hands. It's done. And, and you know, we just, as humans... You know, not only did we grow up with it, our, that was a generation, but like humans grew up with it. Like this is part of being human, dealing with violence and dealing with, you know, social and asocial, like these different kinds of violence, like we're wired for it. And so it's but like trying to take it away is it's not a, good for us. It's not good for us. No. Not, not as a species. Yeah. That's why we keep saying like, man, if you really want to help a bully, you get him into jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like if he feels more comfortable with violence and, and stuff in general, he's going to be less prone to try to misuse it as a tool. 
and it's just we don't we don't understand it, and it's and then people misuse it, and, and then it's getting it gets lost. blamed for shit, and, and it's getting lost. Yeah, in this day and age. Yeah, learning how to properly use violence and manage it as a tool. And like I said, even if it's de-escalating a situation, it's not. When we're talking about violence, it's not always like the actual physical hands on. Yeah, they're like it's okay. I'm recognizing where this could be going, and I have these tools to make sure it doesn't go there. But again, if you don't know how to defuse violence, you're going to find yourself in these weird situations. And, and, and that's just like you you kind of touched on earlier to where if you're scared in that situation yeah, and you're afraid you're going to be behind the curve, it's going to cause you to maybe act rashly and try to get ahead of the curve. And maybe you didn't need to. But and the reason you behave that way is because you were uncomfortable in that situation. You were a little scared. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why it just gets ramped up to yep. death match real quick. And I mean, we hear about it on those, you know, the, the justified saves stories. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those are people shooting when they didn't need to or shooting someone that they didn't want to. And a lot of times they're, they're fucking scared and it's driving that. And it's like, man, if you don't have any other tools in your toolbox other than this asocial tool, like that's... That's, that, that's what this, you better hope that that's what the situation called for mm-hmm. because if not then you're fucked and yeah it, it goes both ways man you got the the gun guys who don't have any social violence you know they don't do jujitsu they don't have the fitness so they don't know how to do that so they're too quick to turn everything into that and then you got the other people on the other extreme that got this down the fitness and the jujitsu and the you know the social violence tools but they don't understand that asocial violence and have zero tools to handle it. And it's like, dude, neither one's good. Mm-hmm. Like you want to have both those melded together. And like, that's kind of what, you know, where I feel like my, you know, journey with this stuff is, is kind of heading with it is, uh, rounding those things out, trying to get myself more to the middle of that spectrum. Yeah. And you know, there's demon sermon on martial arts. It's kind of some of the lessons I'm picking out a little, I mean, again, I'm only a few parables in, but, and he talks about not, you know, not being married to, you know, uh, one style or one art or, you know, one preconceived idea how this is going to play out. Yeah. You got to be able to back out and see, you know, because things need to happen subconsciously. You know, if you go in like, oh, you know, if he does this, I'm going to do this. It's it's very ineffective. And that's... That's something that's something you just really can't teach when in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or any martial art is there's a lot of it that is just feel and intuition that you just the only way to get it is time on the mat and mm-hmm. time training. Oh yeah. There's so much there's so many little nuances and things going on that you can try to explain them to people and you can give them <laughs> techniques and pointers and tips and but that's not that's not all of it. No, and I know it seems kind of bullshit, mystical, but no, man, it's the, it's the windows into like there's principles behind jujitsu because like when we roll, I mean if we're trying a new move, right? There, there are times where things step one, very very mechanical, right? right? But right. most of the time, there's not that thought. There's a there's a feel to it, mm-hmm. and there's there's principles that you're using, right? People are like, oh, how'd you do that, or what was that move? I don't know. I'm, I'm just using the principles of jujitsu, and so. But, you know, the, the techniques and the moves are windows into those principles. And that's why the people who just try to learn the techniques don't necessarily advance past a certain level, I feel, because yeah. they're just doing the techniques, trying to do step one, step two, step three. It's too clinical. Yeah. And it's, not, it's not spiritual enough. Yeah. Without sounding goofy about it. No, right? it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to access the spirit of the thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's what Musashi called it in the Book of Five Rings. Like, that is... You know, like you are a vehicle for the spirit of the thing. It's not you doing it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, and, and, that, and that's like the weird concept. It's like through training, you allow yourself to be a better vessel for the spirit of the thing. Like that is, that's the goal. And then when you just let that happen, instead of you trying to do jujitsu, you just let jujitsu flow through you. Like that's when the good jujitsu happens. Yep. But you, you can't do that when you're trying to, you're trying to do jujitsu, but yeah, it's hard to explain that. Like, no, I think that's a good way to explain it. I think you put some good words to it there and good thoughts. Like, it is. It sounds hokey. Yeah, but you can't, you can't make it too mechanical. You can't make it too clinical. Yeah. I think when you're first learning, yes. 
but then you just got to put the time in. Yeah. Yeah. That's where like just, and that's what makes jujitsu so great because you get to pressure test what you're doing and find out, okay, this works, this doesn't work. And so you really allow yourself to get a feel for it. And it's harder to get when you are, you know, like if you're drilling, like, you know, like you're talking about the, the Japanese jujitsu and, you know, doing some of the, the drills and you're saying, you know, they're drilling, right? They're not there. He can't, you're not going as hard as when you're trying to roll, like when you're trying to take someone's eye out or whatever, like you're taking it to a certain point and stopping it. And it's hard, you know, yeah, practicing that I'd rather have, you know, practicing it versus not practicing it. it it's going to be better, but it's not the same pressure test. And I think that's one of the reasons that jujitsu, when we talk about jujitsu being, you know, quote unquote better than other martial arts, is that they can't pressure test their techniques the same way that we can in jujitsu. And so when it comes time to really use it in a pressure situation, like we're just more used to doing it. Mm -hmm. Whereas like they're used to drilling things to a point. It's like, okay, you're doing your part of the dance. I'm doing my part of the dance. And I think sometimes jujitsu people look at that stuff and we poo-poo on it because is that as effective as rolling? No. But is it but worthless? It's not worthless. Yeah. There's definitely benefit to But it. if that's all you rely on, right? If that's all you... And then you come up against a jiu-jitsu guy, like the jiu-jitsu guy is going to win. Like, unless the you know other guy gets a, a, a lucky, like once in a thousand time punch to just end it quickly Ooh. or kick or whatever. Like, man, as soon as the jiu-jitsu guy closes distance and gets his hands on him, it's pretty much fucking over. And it's just because, dude, we've done it. We've pressure tested it so many times versus you not being able to pressure test it the same way because you're trying to use this form of violence that is like, I don't know, it's harder to use. Uh, on your training partner. Yeah, on your training, you know, if your training partner is not being cooperative. And so, and, and it's like, well, so I think that's what you see. And that's why, again, you, jujitsu is the best self-defense martial art, but you can, we can almost over market it to the point where we look at things like katas and just drills, you know, pretending going for vital parts of the body and not actually fucking, you know, doing it as, oh, that's worthless because people that rely on that can't beat us. But it's like, no, no, no. It's like, how do we get the best of both worlds mm -hmm. kind of thing? So, I mean, because, you know, I know you, I don't want, you look at your experience with the other, you know, the, the your other martial arts as you know, proof that, Hey man, like, you know, jujitsu is the best one, but it also gave you some other tools that most jujitsu people don't have. Mm -hmm. And so like your perspective on the situation is a little different, I think. So I was the same way I had it in high school. I did some punching and kicking. So I feel a little more comfortable, like, you know, punching and kicking than probably a lot of jujitsu people that have never done that at all in their life. But it's, uh, you need that shit. So Anyways. That's a good discussion. Yeah, man. It's a good topic. I Instead, we so. save what... Because we were going to... I came to the table with uh, the topic of discussing tips and tricks, hacks, secrets of uh, all different facets of life from BJJ to strength training to sleep, nutrition. You know, um, I want to talk about things that I think that you and I both do that we probably take for granted. Yeah, that would help people out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm sure the things we'll talk about, um, we've talked, we've probably touched on over our 151 conversations here. Yeah. But to condense them all down into one, you know, I think it'd be a valuable conversation. Yeah. And plus, it keeps us on topic from uh, ranting about. I know politics and coronavirus. I know. <laughs> but I mean, but I say we save that for yeah. next time. I mean, this is a good conversation. Yeah. And then that way. I can get out of here at a decent time and not be late to train today, yeah, man. like no. we normally are on Saturdays. No, that's that's uh, that sounds good to me. No, I like that topic. It's a good good idea to kind of condense some of the this that eighty twenty rule. Yep. You know, eighty percent of your results come from twenty percent of what you do. And it's funny. I uh, again, I, th I think even that's something that we take for granted. You know, we like. It's like, yeah, we know this, right? Everybody knows this. People don't. They don't. You know, you know, I'll, I'll touch on this real quick and then we'll go. So we had a meeting at work this past week. And uh, like the head boss of my service center, you know, was talking about different shit around the, our work. And he brought up the Pareto principle. Mm -hmm. You know, the 80-20 rule. And it, to me, I just take it for granted. But 
I saw there was I don't think there was a person in that room that had ever heard that. And the way he even tried, because he got the notes passed down from higher up the food chain and then mm-hmm. this gigantic corporation. And I could tell his explanation of it was a little shaky. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He didn't really understand didn't really it, get it. it. He, he just, didn't really get it. Yeah. Not, not to disparage him, but he, I yeah. could tell. Yeah. I could tell this is probably one of the first times he's ever discussed well, yeah. the Grado yeah. principle yep. with a, a group of subordinates. Yeah. And I, I was just kind of chuckling on the inside. You know, I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, this is. I thought everybody kind of operated this way, but... No, yeah, that'll be the, the kind of the... He even said, Prado, he, like you said, Prado Principle, and he, I heard him, he kind of mumbled it, because I don't even think he was confident in the pronunciation. In the pronunciation, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty funny. No. Well, that's, you know, I mean, it's good trying to expose people to that idea, but yeah. it is, uh, like I said, I think we take that for granted. I had somebody... I mentioned I started a podcast for BJJ String Training. I've been getting emails. Oh. I, I've been meaning to ask you about it, and I keep fucking forgetting. Oh. I'll see the email, and I'm like, oh, look at what James is doing. Yeah, I'm just, I, I wanted to just commit to trying to get like one piece of content out each week for the for that. And I, I kept waiting for my invite to be a guest on your podcast. Well, I was a little upset that I haven't received this Only yet. three episodes in, man. Still, it's fucking horseshit, James. Wait until I have uh, someone before you, and then you can get upset. Yeah, okay, fair. So, that'll be fair. fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, but that, um, you know, I forgot what the fuck my point was with the with the podcast, but who cares? So, I got you rattled. Got me all rattled with my... But you didn't invite me on your podcast. I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, just instinctively, now I feel bad. <laughs> Good. Good. Success. <laughs> awesome. Threw me off my fucking pointless thing there, so... But anyways, man, yeah. Yeah, I called a wrap, man. That's I think that was good. All so, right. Sounds cool. good. See you. See you.